bring the meeting back to order? All right, welcome to the Queen Anne's County Commissioner's meeting. This is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station, QAC-TV7. These media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public meetings. In addition to our live audience this evening, we are providing remote options for citizens to watch and participate in county commissioner meetings. Citizens may watch our meeting live on our website at qac.org live or on our television channel, BreezeLine Channel 7 and High Definition Channel 507. Citizens may also participate by joining the live Zoom meeting by going to qac.org slash public comment. Citizens may also email comments to public comment at qac.org. Comments received this evening will be summarized during the press and public comment period on tonight's agenda. We acknowledge your participation and by attending, you acknowledge that this session is both recorded and aired. Press and public comment will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person. If you do care to speak, please sign up at the information table in our lobby. Comments longer than three minutes can and should be submitted to the commissioners in writing for their review. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission President Jim Moran. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. If you can remain standing for a moment of silence, Last week, Queen Anne's County lost a pillar of the community, Tommy Davis, a husband, a father, a grandfather, and a, as I said, a pillar of the community. You will be missed, Tommy. Thank you very much. Commissioners, that brings us uh, to the approval of our agenda for tonight's meeting, January 9th. So our meeting, uh, agenda for tonight's meeting, along with the regular session minutes, the closed session minutes, and the Sanitary Commission minutes from the December 12th meeting have all been circulated for review. Do we have any additions or corrections? Uh, approval, or motion to approve the agenda and minutes as submitted. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. So we just had a uh, closed session under the general provisions article sections 3305B3 to discuss land acquisition and article 3305B1 to discuss boards and commissions and personnel. And I believe we have a couple appointments to make this evening. Yeah, I uh, want to make a motion to appoint to the Council for Children and Youth, uh, Melinda Ray, Leanne Rhodes, and Julie... Valicello um, for a term begin for three year term beginning on one one of twenty four. Second. Uh, any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 So moved. Oh, for the public, Patrick uh, McLaughlin, one of our commissioners, is not feeling well. He's at home. He's on Zoom, and Chris Corcorino is out on business uh, somewhere in the Midwest. So it's the three of the four of us tonight. Okay. Um, Yes, then I want to make a motion to install Jennifer Nowak as the chair of the Animal Control Commission. Second. Any discussion on this item? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 So moved. All right, thank you, commissioners. 
Okay, that brings us to our first uh, press and public comment period. I believe we do have some folks that signed up, so we appreciate all citizens for taking time to express your views to the county commissioners. Comments are limited, limited to three minutes per person. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing. This commission respects your desire and right to convey your message freely. When you come forward, please speak clearly at the standing microphone. State your name, your address, and your topic of interest. And in keeping, keeping with the dignity of our office, we ask that all views be expressed in a respectful and civil manner. First one up is Frank DeGigliardo. Uh, I know I'm butchering that. My apologies. Would you mind pronouncing it correctly for yes. us? Sure. Frank DeGigliardo. And I'm here uh, representing Corsica River Conservancy this evening and to uh, address the wastewater treatment plan issues on your agenda for decision. Um, you know, of course, we, we've um, shared other comments with you previous to this, but I wanted to hit some of the highlights again on this uh, for yourselves and for the, the public. Uh, CRC asked that you not approve the town's proposed text amendment to the county water and sewer sanitation plan in its current form. We understand the town's need and responsibility to plan for the replacement of the sewage treatment plant. Our concerns center on the proposed relocation of the discharge point to the upper main stem of the river and the dramatic increase in the volume of effluent that would be released into the fragile, shallow water ecosystem, including during the most biologically vulnerable, warm and hot months, which are periods of high recreational use as well. It is not in the community's interest to propose this dramatic increase in the amount of effluent discharge in an area of intense public use and visibility and well-documented degraded water quality. The town, along with the county, has made major investments to make this area a beautiful public use asset and attraction. This area has seen constant growing usage for boating, kayaking, paddle boarding, and fishing, including the town's popular Kids Fishing Derby, which CRC volunteers have made possible over the years. It is even an official Maryland water trail area as well. Beyond these public use issues, we have serious concerns about the potential degradation of the river's ecosystem that we all work so hard to protect and improve for so many years. The town and county are signatories to the Corsica Watershed Restoration Action Strategy. In that document, both government entities pledged to apply principles of the strategy to work to delist the river. The widely applauded Corsica RASC led directly to the selection of the Corsica as Maryland's first targeted watershed restoration project in 2006. Since then, the restoration project team, called the implementers, consisting of state, county, town, NGOs, citizen scientists, and affiliated organizations, have worked continuously to restore and preserve the Corsica. Along the way, we've tried to make the Corsica restoration a model for other watersheds to follow. In fact, the Maryland government is now moving to re-energize the targeted watershed approach across the state in the face of lagging baywide progress. Let's not jeopardize the advances that have been made here locally by now adding more nutrient pollution. Please do not accept the proposed text amendment with its presumptive discharge plan. There are too many unknowns about the potential effects of on this fragile, flood-prone tidal area. The county should not be party to a plan without the necessary research to establish its efficacy, and the town should be required to continue to pursue acquisition of an additional spray field or other non-river discharge options. Thank, Thank you. you. 
Uh, George Foss. Um, yes, as you probably know, Breeze Line has dropped WBOC. Um, I'm George Foss. I'm from 201 Governors Way North in Queenstown, Maryland. Um, as you probably know, Breeze Line has dropped WBOC from its lineup. Um, and as you also know, that's the only reasonable source of news, weather, and sports for the Eastern Shore. Um, so I'm hoping there's some way that the county can compel or persuade Breeze Line to reinstate WBOC. I put out a message on um, Nextdoor, and I got a lot of responses that people were very unhappy that they could no longer um, get that television station. So um, anything you can do would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. So we do have Miss um, Richards. Are would you like to make a public comment via Zoom? I would. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. uh, good evening. I'm Annie Richards. I'm your Chester Riverkeeper with Shore Rivers. Um, here to make public comment regarding the text amendment for Centerville's wastewater treatment plant upgrade. So thank you for the opportunity to provide comments on the proposed text amendment. These comments are submitted on behalf of Shore Rivers and its 2,500 members throughout Maryland's Eastern Shore. We are a nonprofit organization working to protect and restore the waterways of Maryland's Eastern Shore through science-based advocacy, restoration, and education. Shore Rivers supports wastewater treatment plants seeking upgrades to their technologies. This maximizes nutrient reductions, which is good for our rivers. We also understand that upgrades in technology almost always go hand in hand with increasing a plant's sewer capacity. At present, Shore Rivers has several concerns about the proposed discharge methods, including the addition of year-round water refuge discharge directly to the course of a river, as well as the location of the new proposed discharge pipe. The Corsica River is a significantly impaired tributary of the Chester River. On a three-year average, the Corsica's annual health rate, as determined by rigorous routine testing protocols set by the Mid-Atlantic Tributary Assessment Coalition, has only met minimum passing water quality standards 34% of the time. Environmental advocates like Shore Rivers have been working for decades to see scores improve. Nitrogen and phosphorus levels contribute substantially to the Corsica's poor performance. The 2023 average for nitrogen and phosphorus concentrations at the new proposed location for the plant's refuse outfall was 0.989 milligrams per liter and 0.146 milligrams per liter, respectively. Maryland Department of the Environment's surface discharge permit, which would pertain to this upgrade, will allow for three milligrams per liter of nitrogen and 0.3 milligrams of phosphorus for facilities with ENR technology. These limits are more than double current detected nutrient concentrations. This new level of pollutants discharged year round at 458,000 gallons per day without offsets will further impair water quality in this shallow, smooth, slow moving body of water and dramatically increase the potential for summer algal blooms and dead zones. Additionally, the new proposed discharge location is based on acceptable nutrient loads prescribed by the Bay Program's TMDL limits. The proposed location will discharge refuge into a section of the river that is three to five feet deep with very small tidal swings. 
a new discharge location would be less impactful to the Corsica if sited farther downriver where currents flow at faster rates and the river is deeper. Shore Rivers urges the commissioners to amend the Centerville proposed text amendment to require the acquisition of acceptable agricultural fields despite increased costs to provide additional treatment of the increased wastewater refuse through spray irrigation techniques that match the town's current wastewater protocols. We also recommend the commissioners require a study to determine a new discharge location that takes river depth and tidal flow into account in addition to TMDL nutrient loads. Shore Rivers will continue to be an advocate and a resource to the town of Centerville and Manson County as they work toward this upgrade. We ask that you consider the facts and concerns presented today in my testimony and vote to amend the town's text amendment request to ensure the resulting facility has the least possible impact to the Corsica River. Thank you. Thank you. Would anybody else like to speak? Seeing none, we'll close press and public comment. We did have uh, three emails. Did you want to wait until the end for those or read them now, sir? Are they in this same subject? Uh, yes, there's one. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. About the same, yeah. Okay, so I'll start with the first one. Is from Mike Goss. Commissioners, I just found out that BreezeLine Cable Services will no longer carry WBOC 16 TV station. This decision was made without their customers being given notice. As you know, this channel gives citizens of Queen Anne's County local news, such as high school sports scores and highlights and community news. I'm hoping you could reach them to convince them to reconsider and return WBOC back to our choices. Again, that was from Mike Goss. Uh, second email is from Nancy Vincent Rodowski from Centerville. Esteemed county commissioners, I ask that you work to particularly engage residents who live along the Corsica River in discussions about the proposed outfall of the wastewater treatment plant into the Corsica. Also, please alert these residents as information becomes available, including any decisions or rulings by the Maryland Department of the Environment. Thank you for your consideration. And that was Nancy Rodowski. And our final email is from Teresa Earhart of Shrewsbury Farm. And she also has some attached uh, exhibits to this as well. Um, but I will read the email, which is greetings, commissioners and staff. I hope 2024 brings a healthy and prosperous year for all. This public comment is in reference to Midshore 3 landfill and its proposed location. Again, her name is Teresa Earhart, and her backyard in Shrewsbury Farm looks directly at the location of the proposed landfill and borders the landfill acreage at an approximate distance of 1,000 feet. Now that all the leaves are down, I can clearly see where the mound will grow right from our dining room windows. We don't understand how this landfill can be constructed and run for 10 years without impacting many nearby homes in a multitude of environmental ways. As you know, we have done our research and we have pointed out the distance constraints written in both the prior and current SWM plans. We have been told that these plans don't apply to the landfill parcel identified 30 plus years ago and that the wording in these plans have caused quote unquote irreparative conf interpretive confusion. We have email documentation written on December 6, 2021 by the Queen Anne's County Commissioner Mon and the Planning and Zoning Director Mordock, Exhibit A. As Mordock's email indicates that on August 17th of 2021, there was a multi-department meeting at DWP to discuss the landfill. In her email, she discusses notes that she took, that she took at this meeting. She stated that the site would be owned by MES and therefore it would be exempt from our swamp, quote unquote, SWMP, not swamp, apologize. Then she discusses the need for, quote, consistency statement to reconcile. 
the current SWMP and notes that chapter three and chapter four are in question. She also notes that a consistency finding is needed for the state application. So no one note, it was discussed that the landfill would not need to adhere to the current SWMP, but further discussion referred to it being needed more from MDE. She also stated that a public service waiver should be sought and granted. This has never been done. I am looking for all the commissioners to go back and do their own research. Multiple emails have been sent to our, all commissioners specifying the exact document, name, section, page, pointing to the language that supports our rights to question the legality of the proposed landfill location and the permitting process. I am hoping that this research will be done prior to our roundtable meeting with our group of concerned citizens. If the location purchased in 1991 does not need to adhere to current rules and regulations as stated in response to our questions, why then was a consistency letter dated October 17, 2022 given to MDE? Phase two funding has been approved. This is a serious waste of taxpayers' money, and the truth needs to be acknowledged that a new location needs to be found. Thank you. And that is all we have for email. Okay. Now we'll close press and public comment. All right, thank you, Chris. Okay, commissioners, we can move into our presentations portion of this evening's agenda. So if you want to turn to tab number six. Uh, first up, we have uh, Melinda Ray, Character Counts. She's going to provide an update, and also she has the Character Counts spotlight for January. I do. Happy All New right. Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I am alone tonight. Wayne sends his regards, but he wasn't able to make it. So. Um, <laughs> So going into 2024, I was really excited with everything that Character Counts was able to accomplish last year. Um, and instead of me telling you everything we accomplished last year, I made a video. That's great. All right. Ready for it? Mm -hmm. Well, that won't do it. Give me two seconds here. There we go. That's interesting. Well, lovely. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on. That's weird. Or of a snippet. It was why you just got to see me and Catherine. <laughs> We're going to download that and find out why it's doing that. It must be something to do with the um, outage that we had. Here we go. Let me open this now. There we go. Media player. All right. able to accomplish last year um, but I wanted to give you an update on where we're at right now as well um, as of today it kind of teeters between like 98 and 100 but as of today we have coaches in hundred percent of our K through 5 classrooms um, and starting this month we will be in all four middle schools um, 
Centerville Middle, we worked out the logistics, so we will now have coaches in all four of the middle schools. So we're really excited about that. Um, we also just posted today on our socials that we're going to be doing school staff recognitions. So if um, a member of the community, I would put out there, if you see a school staff member who is deserving of a recognition of some sort, please let us know um, and nominate them. You can find the link for, for that on um, the socials today, but it will also be on the website, www.peopleofcharacter.org. Um, and we want any school staff member. This is not limited to just teachers. There's lots of people that make those schools run and serve our students, and we want to recognize all of them. Um, the, you notice we gave the Faylister scholarship to Catherine Alvarenga last year. That is going to be going live. Um, and I'm also very excited. Um, the $500 scholarship is always sponsored by the Centerville Rotary. Um, and we were able to get the Ken Island Rotary to match that. So we will have two $500 scholarships this year. We'll have one at each high school. So we're really excited and that will go live um, very soon. Um, and I think that's all I had for you guys. I think it would be pretty safe to say that if Jackie Carter was with us today, she would be extremely happy. Wouldn't she? she we, would we're be... doing great things. We're very excited about the growth that we've had even just in the past year. We, as of this morning, I was counting, I think we have, it's like 108 or 109 volunteers with our program right now. And I have a list of people that I, crazily enough, who want to volunteer and I don't have a place for it. So it's, it's exciting to be able to tell people, thank you for calling, but I have nowhere to put you because we have all of our classrooms full. So it's awesome. very exciting. What about, what about the possibility of doubling up? So if somebody- We do have some. That so you are, have that some to double up, yep, right? We sure do, so, we sure do. Sub-coaches? Yeah. And so, if, yeah. If, so, you know, the sub the coach is familiar with the class because they attend, and then if something happens and that that character's count coach can't be there, you have somebody who can step in. Yeah, that's I think a great we put idea. Put two in the classroom. Right now, I'm keep, I keep a list. So if a coach has to back out for whatever reason and can't finish the year, I have a list of people that I can contact and and plug them in. So, but it's been it's been a great. I let's see, April will be my one year, so it's been a lot of fun. Standing. Do you want to say anything about the spotlight for January? I'm super excited about this month's spotlight. I can't wait for you guys to read it because um, I, and I had invited the spotlight honoree, um, the president, to be here tonight. He's um, unable to join us tonight, but he should be tuning in. I told him to make sure he's watching. Okay. Very good. All right, guys. Who's reading? Oh, I thought you. I oh, thought no, you, no. you look like you were getting ready to uh, yeah, read it. No, 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 no. I'm I waiting with bated breath for yeah, it. Yeah. Oh my God! Plug in first. Jim's going to read it. Yeah. I, was... I don't like to ruin the surprise before you read the statement. <laughs> okay. Uh. The character counts pillar celebrated in January is fairness, and our honoree is the Kennard Alumni Association in Centerville. The Kennard Alumni Association, a local nonprofit, was established to continue broad heritage, proud heritage of Kennard High School, Queen Anne's County's first and only secondary school for African-Americans. Their goal is to be a stepping stone for youth in our community, engaging them through programs in education, cultural arts, and scholarship assistance. After purchasing the property known as the Old Kennard High School in 2012 from Queen Anne's County for a dollar, the Kennard Alumni Association began restoring began the restoring restoration process, renaming the building the Kennard African American Cultural Heritage Center. According to Clayton Washington, the association's current president, our goal is to share the history of African Americans in Queen Anne's County 
and our achievements in contributing to the growth of the community. He added Kennard as a safe space where all people can come and share their opinions through open communication and listening to others. The restored high school now houses a museum that provides a window into the rich history and heritage of African-American culture on Maryland's Eastern Shore. It also includes an African-American history library, which is open to the public on the first Saturday of each month from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. All Kennard programs and events are open to all community members. With the help of members and the community at large, the Kennard Alumni Association seeks to enable the old high school site to be a learning resource for generations to come. According to Mr. Washington, this is only achieved by maintaining an attitude of inclusiveness, not choosing one over another and being fair to all. You can find out more about the Kennard Alumni Association and the Kennard African American Cultural Center on the homepage of Queen Anne's County Characters Counts website, www.peopleofcharacter.com. Um, so I, I actually toured that um, a couple years ago. And I'll tell you what, it's absolutely amazing uh, what they've done with the museum component. Um, and I would encourage anybody to, to go check it out because it is absolutely amazing. It's very cool. And in speaking to Mr. Washington when I was preparing for the nomination for this month, they've got great ideas for, for where this is going to go in the future and how they want to expand. So I'm excited to see uh, where they take the, the center because it is a very cool place to be. It goes back my, to, it goes back to um, our, my first term when we were part of that administration that, that gave it to them for a dollar and, and toured it in the before and then, of course, looking at it a couple of years ago at the after, you know, you take a look at those before and afters, and this is a classic example of, of hard work and commitment by an organization. Um, and again, for the sake of repeating myself, I would encourage anybody to go take a look at it because it's amazing. If I, if, if I may add, I had the pleasure of uh, getting a tour there. Uh, Commissioner Corcorino and I were at the celebration there. And at the encouragement of Mr. Washington, I took a tour and um, I was really impressed with it. And the person who sticks out the most, uh, I mean, a lot of people did, is Mr. Fisher. So for the, our Queen Anne's County community, if you don't, if you haven't had a chance to go through the, the museum, it's well worth it. And, and Mr. Fisher is quite an inspiration for, for all of us from Queen Anne's County. So great work. Yeah, I agree. You too. Thank you. Thank you, Melinda. Yeah. Good evening, gentlemen. Oh, good evening. Okay, commissioners. Our our second presentation for this evening is uh, Mr. Eric Johnson, <laughs> and uh, we also have Joe Candell, the board president of oh, Damsa. Thank you. I was going to say, Sorry. Eric, you look really good. Yeah, we had some work done. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Okay, thank right. you so much. And we have, uh, this is in your books, uh, item two under tab six, and it's also up on the big screen here as well. So uh, please take it away. Well, before we uh, do these slides, I'd like to tell you that our plan is that will we, the uh, resource center will be open full time in the month of February and that we hired a, an assist, another grant writing company in um, 
Easton called EHS. I believe they do the county's work and they come very well qualified. So we're gonna get additional help raising funds from them in addition to what Maggie is doing at present. So that's good news for us. Sure. All right, so. I was going to have Lee Ellingson here with us this evening, but the wind got the better of her before we crossed the Kent Narrows, <clears throat> and I'm lucky I made it across at this point. So Lee is joining us as our Director of Operations, and she has most recently spent 24 years um, working as a high-level assistant to Rosalind Carter with the Carter Foundation. So she has a lot of history and talent when it comes to fundraising agencies and that sort of thing so we are very excited to have her come on and her main task in the beginning is going to be launching our volunteer efforts so she is right now coordinating all of the volunteers making sure they get their background checks and they are getting trained properly so that we can be open full-time and begin to do um, a large amount of outreach just occurred to me uh, there might be some people watching that don't have a clue what VAMSA is oh. so you might want to Go back and start just, from just, the beginning? Well, just a little bit, just a little <laughs> brief one and then. This is why Eric does this yeah. and not me. <laughs> um, so VAMSA stands for um, Veteran Military Support Alliance and we are located down at the Bay Bridge Marina for those that don't know. And we serve veterans, the military, their families and caregivers in any aspect that they would need, whether it be benefits and claims assistance, um, stress management, we offer peer support groups. Um, we're the only one, I believe, in the state, if not larger area, that has a psychiatrist-facilitated combat PTSD support group. And again, that is peer-run, but um, psychi psychiatrist-facilitated, so that is VAMSA. Um, we can go is there a website that you want to share real quick? Thank you for the plug. Yes, it's VAMSA.us. So V-A-M-S-A.us. And then this is just, this is a copy of the state of the state that we presented to the board and we are um, happy to present it here again to you gentlemen. So please have patience with me because this is Eric's job. Um, we do have the board of directors. This is just sort of our chain of command, as you can see. And you notice that we have Lee on um, as the deputy director, and she will be in charge of the volunteers. Uh, the next page is this is who we have seen over the past year, um, and that is the different types of clients. We have about 3%, <clears throat> excuse me, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. You guys can um, read through this at your perusal. For, that are very complex and labor intensive. Um, they require 50 hours or more per client in order to get a handle on what their needs are and in order for us to, to help them and find out all the little pieces of what they need and make sure that they're getting what they deserve. Then we go back to the complex and labor moderate, simple, and then simple and labor minimal. So the interesting thing is, is 50% of our clients right now are in the 16, basically 15 to 30 hours of interaction. And so that's really going to help us when we go full time having these volunteers trained up so that it's not um, at this point mostly Eric and Lee and myself doing it in addition to fundraising and grants and stuff. So that's really going to help us. Do you guys have any questions about the client makeup page before I move on? Okay. The next page is things that we have been involved with. And of course, all of our efforts are focused on suicide prevention uh, for the veteran and military. We have had the privilege and honor of having five veteran and one caregiver suicide interventions that have been successful so far this year in 2023. We're very proud of that. Um, and it has a lot to do with the peer support that we offer, the non-judgmental 
area that when the veterans come in, whether it be the coffee meetups or into our office, they really feel safe and open up. And so we're able to in, jump in and help them. We are starting a gun lock program. I just had a call today with Mature Behavioral Health. They are gonna be providing us with gun locks in order to provide them to the veterans. Um, just another, adding another safety measure for when someone um, may be hurting and unable to um, you know, basically say, I don't want to do this. Having a gun lock on will just add an extra step and give them pause to cause, cause to pause. There we go, flip it. Um, we've had crisis calls, as I mentioned, our combat PTSD group. We also launched a spouse and caregiver support group, and that's, that's done wonderful. Um, we have three spouses and caregivers that have taken part uh, or taken advantage of our massage therapy sessions. And we have also done holistic therapies, as I mentioned, the coffee meetups, those are once a week at the Dunkin' Donuts here in Centerville. And we have had 600 plus information and referrals and warm handoffs for every kind of service that they might need. And we are working with two legions and one VFW, so we have access to over 400 members in the area. And that's just Queen Anne's County. And as we move forward with the volunteers, we're also gonna reach out to the other five Midshore counties and see how we can better support them as well. And then claim, claim support, we have had 19 veterans uh, that we've had the privilege of working with for their compensation claims. And we have one veteran who has, as far as I know, has been approved for the Tunnels to Tower um, grant in order to um, get a, a home that he will be able to recover in and live in his most independent life. Do you guys have any questions on that page? Um, just to, uh, I know that, that the coffee meetup, you guys were trying to get a second, to get a larger location. And, and, and I think it was Fred McNeil and some folks tried to reach out at the YMCA. How, how's that going? I have not heard that, um, but what, I have not heard back on that. Okay. But I can write that down. Because okay. I, 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 I went and spoke to the, to the manager of the YMCA. And mm -hmm. She seemed to be very receptive of the idea, he even showed me some of the, the meeting spaces uh, that could be used okay. uh, on that Monday. And then to take a step further, um, the possibility of, of some exercise programs that they can do after their, their Monday morning coffee. So uh, I, I would continue to follow up with her <laughs> out there at the YMCA because okay, I, I think they're eager to get involved. Absolutely, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. And I still have yet to see the new facility. I'm, I use the one in Kent because that's, that's my hometown, um, but it, it looks impressive. All right, any other questions on that page? All right. Just a heads up, there'll be coffee if you're going to meet in the Y. Yes. <laughs> or maybe we'll do juice or something. There you go. All right. So um, for 2024, as Joe mentioned, we are going to be open uh, full time Monday through Friday. The hours will be posted as we get closer to February and work with our volunteers to sort of get that schedule down. And we will have some weekend hours as well and evening hours because we all know that if people are working during the same hours we're working, how are they going to utilize our services? And we still have the 911 and the 988 for the mobile and the hotline crisis. And we are gonna be expanding our support programs. Um, again, the PTSD group is gonna be um, grown and possibly adding another location. Um, programs for teens and children, we're gonna be starting that this year. And as you can imagine, there's a lot of you know, logistics that will go into that, um, especially working with you know, behavioral health professionals. So we're looking at talking to local providers that we might be able to host them and they would be coming in to facilitate. 
Zoom enabled groups whenever possible, as you know, transportation's a, a problem, and when you're not feeling well, you really don't want to go somewhere to be with other people. So people attending these meetings uh, from the comfort of their home and the safety of their couch is very important because it allows them to participate. We're going to be launching Project Healing Waters at the Bay Bridge Marina, and that's where we uh, get the opportunity to take veterans and their families out uh, for fishing or just a sunset cruise, uh, building a sense of community and having a good time, because why not? We're on the bay. And, <clears throat> excuse me, expand and strengthen our partnerships. We're working with the Center for the Arts uh, for military or veteran-centric programs just right down the street. Um, and we have referrals to Talisman Therapeutic Riding for equine therapy, that sort of thing. And I know there's a few other providers on the shore that have also shown interest. And very targeted suicide prevention initiatives with uh, the local legions, VFWs, and other agencies. And again, that was one of the meetings that I just had today. Anyone have? I think. Eric would be very proud of you. Oh, yeah, he, he's, he owes me big for this. <laughs> um, but, but the big news is we're going to be open full time, and we just want to thank you, gentlemen, for, um, and ladies, for always having us in to be able to provide an update and for your continued support and interest. Keep it up. Keep going forward. Thank you Absolutely. very much. Yeah. Maggie, this is Lee. Hi. She snuck in. She snuck in. So I was at, at if, you, if anyone has any questions um, about me, Maggie did an excellent job introducing me, but if anyone had any questions, um, I'm available to answer them. Give her the hard questions. <laughs> I don't know if we have any hard questions, but, uh, but welcome aboard, Lee, and, and we're excited that you're going to be helping out. Um, and, and the expertise and the background that you bring to the philanthropic efforts that it's going to take to really get this thing uh, moving in the right direction and get help out to as many people as we can. So thank you. Well, yeah, thank you. I'm very excited to be involved with this organization that allows me to bring my expertise in mental health and caregiving um, to this important work and allows me to move back to my home state of Maryland. And um, I am enjoying working with Eric and Maggie and the volunteers that I've met so far and all of the board members. And I was at the um, dedication of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial at Libby, so I even had a chance to meet some commissioners. So I'm really looking forward to getting involved and meeting more of you in person when the weather is not so Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank, thank you very you. much. Appreciate thank you. it. You're welcome. Go take care. Yeah. All right, commissioners, moving on. We have uh, one item under the uh, legislation this evening. So if you want to turn to tab number seven, item one, this is the um, Consideration of a comprehensive water and sewer plan amendment 11 20. This is from the public hearing we held back uh, on Tuesday, November 28th, to discuss uh, the town of Centerville's proposal to expand their wastewater treatment plant and to increase from roughly 500,000 gallons per day to 1 million gallons per day and to relocate the effluent outfall into the Corsica River. So that is the first item. And the second item was the Northwest Chester Water Main Extension. And this was to add additional properties to the Chester Water Service Area 
to those added via the, an earlier amendment to, to uh, provide water service to the constructed water main along Chester, in Chester along Main Street in Stevensville. We certainly can. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it as a single motion, but it'll have two parts to it. Does that work? Understand it? Yeah, it can be considered as. Um, I mean, it's going to be attached to the original motion, so it's got to be part of it. it can't, yeah, you can't. Right. Can't be separated. Understood. Yep. I'm That's fine. For the town center, will request to increase the overall wastewater treatment capacity by 458,000 from 542,000 gallons per day to 1 million gallons per day. I move to also further move to require the town to return to amend the comprehensive water and sewers plan once a more definitive plan has been tentatively approved by MDE on the means of disposal of the 458,000 additional gallons of new capacity affluent. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this item? So what this does is this gets the process to where all the questions that everybody has been asking us we can get answers to. Um, Quite frankly, uh, we will not get any answers from MDE because the process died right here on the vine. And, and I, per, I want to see what, what the uh, outfall is going to be. I, I believe that the outfall is going to wind up in the Chester River, which may do a complete reset as far as uh, looking at what is fiscally possible with the expansion. And until we move this to the next level, unfortunately, this is kind of like passing the ACA. We've got to sign this bill to find out what's in it. So um, I want to uh, move it forward. And I think I think it's the right thing to do now so we can get the answers we're looking for. Because right now, we're not going to get any answers until we do. So agree. Any other discussion? I just wanted to you know, reiterate what Jack was just saying that uh, this is this my vote is not to say this is 100% go. This is to allow MDE to look into um, what it's going to put into the river, where I would prefer more farmland, um, understanding that they can't do it year round, meaning because um, uh, the uh, farmland can't have um, spray irrigation in the winter months, understandably. So I just wanted to mention that. All right, uh, any other discussion? Seeing none, we're going to take a vote on this. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Are you opposed? Patrick, you're an aye. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 4-0. Okay. <laughs> All right, and I'm going to further move to approve the amended Chester Water Service Area map to include tax map 57, parcels 143 and 356. Second. We have a motion and a second on this item. Any discussion? This is the new water line that runs from Castle Marina, basically all the way back to Shopping Center Road. Shopping Center Road, servicing all those businesses along that route and a couple of these uh, uh, apartment complexes. So if there's any no further discussion, all those in favor of this item signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Four zip. Well done. Cool. Thank you, Commissioners. All right, commissioners, we can move into the Department of Public Works. They have um, three action items for your consideration this evening. Uh, actually, two action items. The first is informational, um, and uh, that is uh, item one on tab two, page one. And um, this is to update the board that the Queen Anne's County Board of Education approved.
approved the central office building construction contract to construct a new uh, administration office over on uh, Vincent Street by the county complex in the YMCA. Uh, the bids ranged from 15.8 to 24.3 million, and the board awarded the construction contract to the low bidder, Doyle Construction of Rockville, Maryland, on January 3rd. And a groundbreaking ceremony is uh, scheduled for Thursday, February 22nd at 3.30 p.m. on that project. So we're excited the bids came in uh, under budget, and that's finally moving forward to construction. So, Todd, that's what, roughly 4.3 under, because the last one we got was like close to 20, right? Yeah, I think the budget was last around. Last yeah. estimate that they brought us was close to 20, so. That's good. So that's good news. Yeah. 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 That is real good news. There was, uh, I think, um, I don't have it here, a total of eight bidders, I believe. So really yeah. good turnout on that. Ten, ten bidders. Thank you, Commissioner. And uh, good turnout on that. So we're, we're glad to have, have good competitive bids on the, on the project. So looking forward to that construction. Okay. Um, any other questions on that? Commissioners. Okay, uh, item number two on pages two through nine is the systematic replacement of fleet equipment for the roads board, uh, tractor mowers. But before we do that, let's can we convene as the roads board, please? Motion Make a motion to Second. convene as the roads board. Second. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. There we go. Aye. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll let Shane. You want to brief the commissioners on this? Your tractor mower bids, please. Motion first. I'll make a motion first on this, or. I move to purchase two John Deere uh, 5105M utility tractors with Tiger mowers from Atlantic Tractor of Queen Anne, Maryland, in the amount of $282,340.34 via the source well contract 082923DACPGIPCG70. Yes. Very good. Second, I think. Motion is second. Okay, discussion. <laughs> you think? These are some expensive mowers. Very expensive mowers. Wow. So is this a systematic replacement or? Yes. It is. Systematic replacement of two tractors, and as that, we'll be getting rid of two tractors through uh, government. How old are they? I believe they are 20 and 26 years old. Um, with a What's a normal life on one of them, Shane? Did you say that again? What's a normal life on one of those We tractors? typically get 20 years out of, um, out of something like that. That's pretty average. It, it gets funneled down. At first, it's out in, in the fleet working during the summer every day, um, and then it can go down to a construction crew and be on a construction site pulling a rake or something, a scrape or something like that, and gets used less and less as it gets older. <clears throat> gotcha. And I'm sure Shane, the bat wing mowers are what drives the price up, right? Mowers are just about as expensive as the tractors. I was going to say they're yeah, it's the, <laughs> the back mower and a side mower. Okay. But in this particular year, they're a little more expensive because that model is no, the model we normally buy is, is sort of discontinued. You have to get four wheel drive now, oh. four by four. Gotcha. So that's that's the little bump in price. Gotcha. That works. Shane, would you save a little bit of money if we went directly to the manufacturers? I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Would right we say money if we went directly to John Deere oh, you can. instead of going through a third party? Yeah, you can't go straight to them. You have to go through um, either a dealer or, in this case, Sourcewell, which is a um, government pricing. Um, most manufacturers, John Deere does have its own separate government pricing. Is government pricing better than direct prices? Uh, Sourcewell has been the best price we've gotten on equipment from John Deere. Thank you. 
see any, just out of curiosity, I, I understand the state SHA is not going to be doing any mowing. Uh, <laughs> so they might do it once a year. Polygrass, smaller government. Yeah. Do, do you see any situation in any of our corridor roads or you would say, hmm, we might have to cut that just for safety and vision or no, we'll call the state. Their grass is mostly contracted out now. Um, so if we get complaints from citizens on a road and they don't know it's a state road, huh. we forward those along and they typically okay. get, do get cut, but they do a lot of meadow restoration in areas so they don't have to mow as much. But, if, but, I, but to that point, yes, in North County on the state roads, yes, because you get a lot of blind corners if they don't yeah. trim it back. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we've had good luck working with our colleagues at SHA for those kind of safety needs. And right. We will, we no, will, I know. As Shay mentioned, we'll, yeah. we'll make sure we But to Jim's point, if they attention. start cutting corners, and that's one of the corners well, they, they cut. That, you know, the yeah. mowing's going to be cut way back. Yeah. And so. the trash pickup, too. So, Especially you know, at 405. Yeah. Looking at what we have, you know, you just hate to see it look, I don't know, trashy. But anyways, okay. Any other discussion? All right. See none where the, the motion was to purchase two John Deere 5105M utility tractors with Tiger mowers from Atlantic Tractor of Queen Anne, Maryland in the amount of $282,340.34 via the source well contract number 082923-DAC-PG1PCG70. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, that's all we had for the roads board. Unless you had any other questions. Uh. Just real quick, um, just for public knowledge, uh, when we systematically replace old pieces of equipment, just kind of share with what, what happens to that old equipment. Uh, predominantly, most of it goes on um, govdeals.com. Goes where? Govdeals. Govdeals.com. It's a website, um, and a lot of municipalities and counties sell their equipment on there. Okay. You find a lot of stuff. Okay. So there, there, there's, we, we sell what we're not going to be using anymore and, and do regain yes. some. Sometimes some we keep revenue and we, uh, we scavenge parts off of it as long as we can. Um, if it's an older piece, it's harder to get parts for, we'll do that. Um, or, like I said, we'll funnel it down to a minimal job that's only used a couple times a year, but you need that piece. But Gov Deals is very effective. Okay. Does that Good. go back into your budget? Yes. Yeah. It goes back to the general fund. Thank you. All right. Okay, then uh, our next item is for the Sanitary Commission. So if you want to convene as the Sanitary Commission, please. Motion to convene as Sanitary. Second. All in favor? Aye. All right. Item three on page 10 is the Southern Kent Island Phase 4 Community Mains construction bid. So bids were received for phase four of the community mains to service Chesapeake Estates, Sunny Isle of Kent, Mattapeque Estates, and the Bats Neck area. We have three bids ranging from 1.7 million to 2 million, 30,000. And uh, I believe we want to award that to the low bidder ECM Corporation of Annapolis. So I get a motion on that. I move that we conditionally award the construction bid for the Southern Kent Island Phase 4 Community Mains installation to ECM Corporation in the amount of $1,744,450 with the condition being the review and approval of the bid by the Maryland Department of the Environment 
and also authorize the Director of Public Works to execute the agreement once any necessary submittals and approvals are in place. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? So, Alan, how are we doing on the budgetary? I mean, obviously, with all the stuff going up, how did this kind of rate with where we were, like, um, on the other phases? We started with the uh, budget of $50 million to get it done. And I don't think we're going to spend quite that. So given the, where we started in 2016 and COVID and yeah. supply chain and everything else, I think we're doing quite well. Good. Good. Excellent. I, I, I read your, your little information sheet here, and I'm just curious, the unbalanced bid. How, so is that not counted in towards their bid? Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. So why, I don't understand why the Schumer would complain then, because... Well, I mean, for one reason, they've lost a lot of work to ECM over the years, so they're uh -huh. a little angry at them to begin with. So, um, I mean, I guess unbalanced. I guess their point of being unbalanced. There's no way in, this, in the world you're going to spend that kind of money on traffic control, and it's for. But is that is that a line item that's kept separate? That yes, it's a separate so, line item. So that that just comes to you know, it flows through them. So they get a charge from that company that does the traffic control, and they usually do it themselves. I mean, oh, really? you know, if there's a little bit of state road there, and they'll probably they may sub that out to Flag somebody, or like, force or somebody or like that. I mean, that's a heck of a difference: two hundred twenty-five thousand versus fifteen thousand five hundred. Yeah, Schumer's number is probably a valid number for the traffic control. I called ECM when I first got their bid, and I said, you know, what, what's this about? And basically, they said, that's where we split our contingency. Okay. There's nothing to pro prohibit them to do it that way. And I, as I mentioned, Teal did much the same thing. The third bidder, they put 135000 for traffic control. And now this goes to the state for their approval, correct? Yes. Yeah. But when they, when they break out the schedule of values, they're going to have to, they'll peel that back and put it under a contingency, you don't think? Or you think they'll keep it there? Not always. Contract documents are set up as uh, if they get 10% of the job done in one month, they get 10% of their traffic control. Okay. Gotcha. Hmm. Line item is going to stay at that value. And but I guess, I guess what I'm asking is, is the, the amount of the bid, does is, is that include these? Yes. Okay, absolutely. so it's already in there. Oh, yes. So it's just how they, they broke it out on the line items. That's, yeah. that's right. Why would they complain about it? That's what I'm saying. If it's, their number's still lower than theirs, I don't understand what. I, I can't explain their rationale either. Oh, okay. All right, I thought that that was a separate item and they're adding it in after the fact. No, no, no. Okay, okay. Very good. All right. Well, like I said, and this is phase four. This is the last phase. phase. Four. Final phase. Final ah. phase. Yeah, where no man has ever gone before. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Right, Jack? Sure. All right. I move that we no man has to go again. That's exactly right. Well, we're going to have to go sooner or later. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so we're uh, the vote is on that we are conditioning awarding the construction bid of the Southern Kent Island Phase Four Community Mains installation to ECM Corporation in the amount of $1,744,450, with the condition being the review and approval of this bid by the Maryland Department of the Environment, and also I authorize the Director of Public Works to execute the agreement once any necessary submittals and approvals are in place. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 <clears throat> Opposed? So moved. So, Alan, you know, getting back to Jack's question, mm -hmm. back in 2016, we, you know, you, your staff and team put numbers together for all this, and we are right at budget, just under budget, or over I budget? think we're probably a little under. Really? It's outstanding. Well, I mean, I mean here we are shot high. And well, I mean, here we are, we're, we're seven, seven plus years later, and, and we're right on target. And Plus the supply chain issues and the yeah. cost increases yeah. that were absorbed through that? That's crazy. That's what I'm saying. That's, thank you. 
from a financing point of view, I mean, we didn't anticipate with those lots in phase one selling like hotcakes either, so that helps us out on the financing. Aspect. So that helped, helped you re recover some of that quicker. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys. Yeah. All right, commissioners, we can move into our action items for this evening. The We've got uh, 10 action items. What they just asked for pale in comparison. <laughs> You want to look into tab number two, starting in Do tab number two. Do we have to, two. or? Uh, yeah. Motion to adjourn. <laughs> Poor Steve. Excuse me, tab number three, tab three. Uh, the first group of uh, action items this evening are for our um, Parks and Recreation Department. So uh, again, tab number three. Item one is a um, equipment acquisition for a Kubota four-wheel drive tractor uh, from... Um, Hoover Inc. in Middletown, Delaware for $36,800 using the uh, government discount pricing, which would replace a 1985 unit in the Parks Department. All right, let's the games begin. Um, I move to authorize Department of Parks and Recreation to purchase one Kubota four-wheel drive tractor from Hoover Incorporated of Middletown, Delaware for $36,800. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. The commissioners? There's one. Uh, item number two on pages five through eight is the um, recommendation for a purchase of a new batwing mower, Woods Batwing bat Mower, uh, from, <laughs> also from Hoover of Middletown, Delaware, for $24,950 using the same government discount pricing schedule. This replacement for a 20 or 2006 Batwing mower. Um, I moved to authorize Department of Parks and Rec to purchase one Woods model Batwing mower from Hoover Inc. of Middletown, Delaware for $24,950. Second. We have a motion and a second. Discussion on this item. This Two. is just the, the type you tow. This is correct. correct. No, That's why you need the tractor right. for this. Oh, so the first item was just the tractor. Okay, and this looks to it. Okay, yeah, so it all two together as one piece. We thought it'd be better to go ahead and break it out because that's how it was um, suggested in our budget. Oh, okay, okay. That way you can see specifically where we purchased. Gotcha. So, yeah. so, so do we not have any source well contracts for any of this? We do. Okay, but this is actually a better price than okay. source well. Okay, good. So there's your answer to your question, Patrick. They found it cheaper than source well. Um, that's what and, I like to hear. And, and this, this is replacing uh, the existing one, which is, now is the, the, the existing one look like this? Because I thought they were all one piece. At, at one like point, it. there was one unit with three blades underneath. It looks like that. It's an exact okay. replacement. So now they're separating each one individually. Right, and we've got other um, uh, recent purchases of a Batwing mower. So now everything is consistent across the board. And that's one of the things that we're trying to do is make sure that we have Compatible. one type of you know, machinery for each thing so it's easier to fix and get pieces. So one of my first jobs was, was cutting grass at uh, Fort Meade. Um, the firing ranges. Last year? <laughs> uh, and I pulled one of the, I pulled a bat wing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bat wing. Fond memories. Now you drive the silver it's like, bullet. It's like 12 feet in one pass. It's like, whoo. Of course, when you're doing the firing ranges, you, you know where you never qualify? Yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> You know it, Phil. <laughs> I said never qualified. <sighs> okay, all right, that's all I have. <laughs> we already voted on it, so it's good. <laughs> okay.
Okay. Okay, next item. Yes, sir. I uh, move to authorize Department of Parks and Rec to purchase one 2023 Chevrolet Silverado 1500 two-wheel drive regular cab truck from Hertrick Fleet Services Incorporated of Milford, Delaware for $29,989. So just real quick, second, second. So tell us what, what are we using the, the truck for? Truck for? It's okay. a replacement vehicle for um, uh, one of our vehicles up at Terrapin. Uh, okay. We've already tried to uh, replace the motor. Um, it's running on bubble gum and duct tape. Right. Okay. And then the wiring would go bad, and then it'd sit for a couple of <clears throat> days, and it would start up, and we've gone back and forth, so we've been dumping money into it, trying to okay. keep it alive. So now we've finally uh, deadlined it. Okay. Perfect. No Fords, huh? Chevy. All right, uh, like I said, this vote is on to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation to purchase one 2023 Chevrolet Silverado 1500 two-wheel drive regular cab truck from Hertrick Fleet Services Incorporated of Milford, Delaware for $29,989. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. That's when we did use a buying agreement, Howard County's, looks like. Uh, yes. Having just Having bought, bought a, a, a used pickup, pickup truck, truck, Mr. Director, that's a pretty good price. Yes. We were, uh, we were fortunate we got a call from um, the sales rep. It's actually on the lot. Howard County had somebody, they decided not to purchase it, so we got it for basically a fire sale. Sweet. Well, Calvin, and thank you. Okay, that's right. All right, moving on. Item number four on pages 14 through 19 is a dump truck body replacement purchase. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, we got one more before that. Item number four. That is number four. It is so four. Number four is... Oh, dump truck, yeah. Yeah, the it's dump, dump truck, it's dump body. body. It's the dump oh, body. Four, I thought he said 14 through 19. Well, that, on pages 14 through 19, excuse oh, okay. me. Yeah. Um, this I'm is mistaken. the dump truck body replacement for Roger, a... Yeah. Uh, I uh, moved to the Department of Parks and Rec to contract Dehana of Baltimore, Maryland to remove and replace the dump body of a 2013 Ford F-450 dump truck for the amount of 22650 Second. Any discussion? That's a good price. Uh, that F-450, though, only goes to carry two tons. Again, it's just for the for the, the dump, dump body, right? yeah. dump body itself. I'm saying because right. that's what state police are all over now pulling over. The, my trucks get pulled over all the time, and I know 450s with that dump body on there. You're about two tons truck. You can put four tons on there without any problem at all, but your ticket's going to be hefty. Uh, any other discussion? No. No. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Then aye. aye. Opposed? So moved. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Item number five is. Uh, another equipment purchase for zero-turn gasoline-powered motors on pages 20 through 23. And this is for four 2023 zero-turn gas mowers from Preston Power Sports in Easton for $55,984, also using the government discount pricing. I move to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation to purchase four 2023 zero-turn gas mowers from Preston Power Sports in Easton Maryland for the price of $55,984. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this? Oh, yeah. I, I just got a question on Brand. I, I noticed you're going with Toro. They seem to be, I mean, from my experience, they're to like the, aren't they the Cadillacs because they're the golf course mowers? Um, but they're also uh, pretty much a standard park in, in many operations, park operations, it's a standard purchase. You know, again, one of the things that we've done is um, we had um, uh, John Deere 
we've had Kubota and we had um, this one come out and demo the mowers for the guys and let the guys ride it and see which ones they prefer. Let the mechanic take a look at it, see what we have and see what is compatible. So this was the, the overwhelming response we're comfortable with what we have going and again getting that consistency across the board because we don't want to, we don't want to get something that our guys think is um, insufficient you know and then we get that that comment like well you know you never ask us well if you ask us we get their opinion and we you know we purchase what they want you know it goes a long way but, but to the consist consistency end that's kind of what I'm saying is if we've been John Deere now we can't scrap John Deere's because we're buying Toro doesn't it Makes sense. It's the Southwest Airlines model. Buy all three, 737s, and then you have the same parts and pieces for right, every right. airplane. Um, you know, we've got we've got both. We do have both. I mean, we're not all strictly one. Um, I think last year we got a couple of um, John Deere mowers. These were other replacement ones, so we've got a nice, you know, a nice balance. Not to mention the 2004, 5, 6, and 7, I mean, the replacement yeah, I'm not, parts. I'm not judging that. I'm just judging, should we stick with one manufacturer yeah, yeah, so yeah. that the parts are... Right. I'm just saying so. If you have a 20-year-old Toro, it doesn't mean that that part's <clears throat> going to be easy to find. I don't know. Anyways, so uh, we're moved to authorize the department uh, parts. Uh, uh, I think he still has uh, questions. Uh, yeah, I beat this up pretty good. Fire away, big um, But... Um, can, can we zoom in? Can you zoom in on that? Wait, wait. Just, just. Well, we're challenging the IT department. Turn it around. There's a camera right here. Oh, that one's good. So, so uh, I, I too had some initial concerns in reviewing this purchase of these zero turn radius, made some phone calls to some dealerships. Um, but I have to tell you that I'm absolutely satisfied because this has the 74-inch uh, cutting deck. It has the safety roll bar. Um, it has the larger motor. Um, so I, in, in doing my research, my, my fiscal responsibility to the taxpayer's dollars, this is actually a good price for these. So, Steve, thank you very much. And I might add why we're doing this real quick is our crews between our schools and parks cut over 2,000 acres. Is that right? 2,000 acres of grass. And so the equipment has to be durable. Is that a mowing a year? That's each year, yeah. yeah okay. Each year. Just so it's, it's, the equipment's got to be durable, it's got to be strong, oh, okay. and it's got to be able to run every day. Nothing runs like a deer. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Anyway. So thank you for satisfying all my questions. You call that a beat up? Look, look at my notes. You say, look at that. You didn't even ask any questions. What kind of notes are those? They're <laughs> copious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one more. Hold on. We one more opportunity. We haven't finished this one yet. We have one more. That was so, technically a comment, Phil. It was not yeah, a question. There was... So, I so a, hold on, we, we haven't voted on this one yet. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Thank so, you. so we're moved to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation to purchase four 2023 zero-turn gas mowers from Preston Power Sports in Eastern Maryland for $55,984. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Four zip. There you go. Now you go, Todd. Okay. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Item number six uh, on pages 24 through 27 is a... Uh, 
Request to purchase a 2023 zero-turn diesel mower, also from uh, Preston Power Sports, in the amount of $19,375.81 using the same um, government discount pricing. And this will replace a John Deere zero-turn mower. Mm. I move to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation to purchase one 2023 zero-turn diesel, diesel mower from Preston Power Sports in Easton, Maryland for $19,375.81. Second. Motion and second. Any discussion? Yes. So let's zoom back in on this oh. unit. It looks very similar to the previous Toros that we purchased. So how are they gonna stop putting regular gas in it if it looks the same? So understand though, folks, why you're seeing yourself back home watching the commissioner's meeting on the edge of your seat. Why, why is individual cost for the previous ones about 14,000, this is 19,000, diesel. But diesel fuel costs more than that's the answer to your, gas. That's the answer to your question, folks at home. It's a diesel unit, that's why it costs more. I did that research more. too. So the fuel costs more, why would we buy diesel? Do you need to ask him that question? I thought, he would have, I thought I'm giving him a softball here, but he wasn't taking it. So. Probably they run longer? Um, it is about how they run, I mean, depending on where you're cutting. I mean, they're, the 72s that we got, wanted, we wanted them to be gas because um, the, the revolutions is, is a lot better with the gas. The diesel wouldn't. Turn um, is quick. I can give you of a cut. Gotcha. And it's replacing the diesel for a diesel. Really? I would have said okay to that, but all righty. Any other discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? <clears throat> so moved. All righty. Thank you, commissioners. Over 2,000 acres annually. That's a lot of grass. That's a lot of grass. That's right. All right. Thank uh, you, Steve. I still have one. One, one more item for the uh, Parks Department here this evening. Uh, item number seven on pages 28 through 33. This is a, a recreation center feasibility study contract oh, yeah. uh, that uh, the department is recommending to award to Barry Dunn uh, for this project for $179,823. We did receive eight proposals. They were evaluated by the review by a review panel and by the department. And uh, Barry Dunn was the selected vendor for this feasibility study for that amount of, for the uh, for the contract price. I'm going to make the motion because I got a question. I move to authorize Department of Parks and Recreation to award to Barry Dunn the contract for Recreation Center feasibility study in the amount of one hundred seventy-nine thousand eight hundred twenty-three dollars. Second. We have a motion to second. Any discussion? Yes. Yeah, so. So this wasn't uh, low and responsible? No. Hmm. So um, how come? Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to have Farrell uh, come up. Farrell did an outstanding job of putting everything together, canvassing a, a focus group, um, and she has worked diligently on it. And I, I want to make sure that we do that question justice and this was a quality based selection uh, RFP RFQ RFP consideration for the appropriate vendor so it wasn't necessarily low bid it was good directors and supervisors surround themselves with smart people right that's why Jim has me here. wish I could do this <laughs> I know 
Okay. Commissioner, your question was why why did we not just do a low bid, correct? Well, no. I mean, we typically do low and responsible. I'm looking at that's a Obviously, it's a low bidder here is double. I'm just wondering, were they that irresponsible, I guess is my question. The panel found that none of the proposals were irresponsible or non-responsive. We very clearly asked them to consider that. Were there any that would be disqualified? And the answer to that was no. Um, but they also took a very close look at all of the proposals in terms of the scope that we provided. And their determination was, after they did a numerical score and we looked at a weighted scoring for that and they also did a qualitative deliberation, their recommendation was um, that we consider three of eight proposals. Um, that top tier of three proposals then was looked at by the department and it was clear that from the numerical scoring and the recommendation that Barry Dunn was the, the best value for the county. So, so one thing also um, is when we had the review panel take a look at the, um, the bids, they didn't see the prices. They evaluated them strictly on what was proposed, what they sent in. Oh. Um, and then the next step was bringing the, um, showing the prices and then that's how we figured it out. Um, so they could just, that was purely information for them what the actual cost was that each proposer um, did for the bid. Um, it, it didn't have really any bearing on the selection that we made. We kept price out of it. We didn't want the panel to be biased by seeing, you know, a low bid or an extremely high one and say, well, that's the one and that's the ones out because they're way too high. We wanted it on quality itself. And this, this contract does have a significant public outreach component, so we do want to get public input in the, in the process of how this is going to look, where it's going to be. And uh, ironically, um, out of the three top selected uh, proposals by the committee, uh, Barry Dunn was the low bidder of the top three. So, uh, so there, there, the I can promise the you there's some folks that are listening in, again, on the edge of their seats here for the commissioner's meeting. Um, just a quick brief, what we're talking about here. What is this project? Project. Thank you. This is a feasibility study that we are hoping to commission from a consulting firm to examine all of the issues surrounding a future community recreation center. Community recreation center. Indoor. Center. Indoor. Yep. Basketball, okay. pickleball, whatever kind of ball you want to throw around in there, and you know, indoor space that we can use year-round. So. That will be the county's first indoor recreation center. One thing to consider is we're probably one, if not the only, um, Department of Parks and Recreation that doesn't have a facility to itself to run recreation programs. We're at the mercy of the schools for their scheduling, you know, with their special events, with, you know, the holidays, teacher professional days, with summer school. Um, in the summertime, we can't get into school on Fridays because they still work on that four-day thing, so uh, four-day work week, so that throws us off with yep. our summer programs. In the wintertime, you know, you've got, you know, Christmas break closed for two weeks. You've got Easter break, or I'm sorry, spring break. That's closed for, <laughs> for another week as well. You've got all these professional days that come up. You've got holiday events that come up. So we're pushed out of there. So it's really tough for, for our recreation staff to run a quality recreation program and, and put programs out there to the public without having a home. You know, we're, you know, we're- Can you give us a, a, a brief, how many different sports 
are out there and how many people are participating? Because um, I heard basketball was in the hundreds. In the hundreds? Several hundred. Basketball, Several. I think this year is at, I think about 800. Yes. Indoor soccer is about 600. Right. You know, those are just programs that we run our, ourselves um, just right off the bat. But you have summer camps as well. We try to run them in, you know, the three different areas of the county. So now with this facility, I mean, um, so this feasibility study is going to look at several things, size, capacity, as well as location, and okay. I say the bigger the better. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Bigger the better. I mean, can you imagine being able to hold a, a, a regional championship game and, and house 3,000 people to watch? And, you know, going on that, that same um, uh, topic there, let's say, for example, if it has multi-gyms in there. You know, again, we rely on the schools. So, you know, we've got to have people spread out everywhere. If you had a, a site that had, you know, say three or four full-court gymnasiums in there, you could house it right there. It's less dependency on the school, you know. We want to, you know, we want to kind of break away from there and have our own, you know, have our own space, you know. And it's also something that's uh, needed because we constantly hear there's not a lot for people to do if they're not participating in an athletic team. So a, a community center would have, you know, you can have arts and crafts, you can have drop-in activities, you can have a game room. You know, these are all different things that can go into a, a functionally um, workable community center. Well, it's well, certainly, certainly and uh, Ms. Barrow, uh, Director, thanks for all your hard work on it. Let's move it forward. Roger that. So, Jack made the, do we vote on this, Jack? Jack? Jack made the motion? Yes. I second. And Jack made the motion, so. Patrick seconded. Patrick seconded. Right. All right, so, and we are actually voting to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation to award Barry Dunn the contract for the Recreation Center Feasibility Study in the amount of $179,823. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Four zip. We'll when do you see the survey going out as a community? The official kickoff to the project, Commissioner, will be in February. And the needs assessment and public engagement portion uh, to, to really establish what the community is looking for will probably not begin until March. You won't get your results till March, is that what you said? We will probably not begin the survey portion. Okay. When do you March. plan, is it a year? How long is this? It should be about almost 10 months. Okay. November, yeah. November, December. December. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you both. All right. Good Safe work. travels home. Hope you can get across that bridge. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to find out. <laughs> uh, it's still closed, brother. Is it? Yep. Hey, Commissioners. Uh, our next item is uh, item number eight. Yeah. This is the uh, a budget amendment policy and a procurement policy uh, update and revision. It's on pages 34 through 55. Uh, these are our two policies, uh, one for budget amendments and one for procurement. Uh, our Spending Affordability Committee and our auditors have recommended approval of these adjustments and changes to these policies, which provide generally for higher administrative approval thresholds uh, for, these, uh, for these two efforts. Um, we have uh, our director. Of I move to finance. approve the presented changes to the budget amendment policy, policy number 400-013, and the procurement policy, policy 400-010, effective January 9th, 2024. Second. 
We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? We're giving the keys away. FYI. Well, they already got our signatures anyway on that little <laughs> machine in there, so. <laughs> All right. Gave the keys away last year. That's true. All right, no discussion? All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. There we go. All right, thank you, commissioners. Thank you, Jeffrey. Well done. <laughs> Any, anytime. <laughs> All right, commissioners, uh, item number nine on pages 56 through 63 are a series of uh, proposed ordinances that we would um, suggest or request that these be sent back to the uh, Department uh, Planning Commission for their review. Uh, the first one is ordinance number 2401. This is for non-water dependent structures on piers. And this would provide provisions to allow for non-water dependent structures on state or private wetlands within the critical area while meeting specific standards. Ordinance 2402. Oh, excuse me. Um, an example of a uh, non-water re reliant structure. Gas pump at a, on a pier with a roof over it. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, ordinance 2402 is for camping cooperatives, and this is to add camping cooperatives as a permitted use and provide bulk standards to include minimum site areas. This is to address uh, some floodplain issues in uh, Beach Harbor, so we can uh, hopefully continue to be in the community rating system for floodplain uh, stormwater, or excuse me, floodplain insurance rates. And then lastly, ordinance 2403, uh, this is to amend provisions for peers to require uh, the Board of Appeals approval for applications for extensions to be variances versus uh, conditional uses. Over 150 feet. Over 150 feet, correct. Just that changing correct. the process. Changing yeah. the process. The yeah. variance is a little more challenging to, to get versus a conditional use, and a peer length is really a bulk standard, and any kind of bulk standard typically is a variance, not a conditional use. So it does uh, provide some, some more scrutiny for those, uh, those types of applications. So these, these three uh, would go uh, to the, back to the Planning Commission. They'll review those. There's a schedule in the, uh, in the draft memo, and then they'll come back to the commissioners with recommendations and any adjustments to These them. weren't citizen-sponsored. These were ours. These were ours. These are based on, you know, there's some pending uh, cases uh, involving some of these issues, and clearly the, um, the camping cooperative and the peers, or the structures on peers, so we wanted to move these forward. Uh, now versus waiting for the uh, the normal. Update. These are broke out from the comprehensive omnibus. Yeah. Uh, there were some yeah. other ones. That were there, there are a few others. We're working on those as, as a next group. No, and, and forthcoming. I know where you're going with this, and I'm, I, I agree 100%. We need to break it out. We don't need one big bill. We need to get these things moving. Yeah, we're, we're moving. There's several others that are be coming uh, in the next uh, several meetings. Yes. Uh, I move to convey County Ordinance Number 24-01, 24-02 and 24-03 to the Planning Commission for investigation and recommendations. Second. A motion and second. Any further discussion on this? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. You know, okay. Yep. Something you said. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, it's good. good all right. Thank you, commissioners. Our final action item for this evening is a... Um, a request from Susan O'Neill, the Executive Director of the Upper Shore Regional Council. Uh, they've requested sponsorship of um, their inclusion for primary liability insurance uh, coverage through LEGIT. And this would start that process. 
I move to execute the letter for sponsorship for the Upper Shore Regional Council that is needed to provide primary liability insurance from uh, local government insurance trust. Second. Motion to second. Any discussion? Is that Same 600 bucks per, per county? county? The, do, the, the um, dues premiums? Yes. Talking about for the legit? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yep. Got it. Mm -hmm. Any other discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Okay, thank you, commissioners. That is all of the action items I had this evening. You got any uh, public, public comment? comment? I say, yeah, no one here, no one virtual. We're good. There you go. So we're saving you because there's nobody here. All right, okay. round table. Round table. Patrick, we'll let you go first. You're going to a lot of funerals. Yeah. Yeah, it's yes. been a really rough uh, last month or so. Anyhow. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to see the, the, uh, the feasibility of the, the indoor recreation center finally moving forward. Well done. That's it. Thanks. All righty. Jack? Um, happy New Year. Uh, <laughs> slow time of the year for us commissioners, so I'm, nothing really to you. It's, it'll be heating up here next uh, Wednesday. Yeah. When, when that gavel drops in Annapolis, we'll have plenty to talk about, so. Um, I would like uh, my fellow commissioners to consider um, a letter to Breeze Line to reconsider their position on dropping WBOC. It seems to be um, the channel that a lot of folks um, on the Delmarva Peninsula, not just the mid-shore, but uh, where they get their news. Uh, and I think that the folks who have been sending us emails make some very valid points. I don't understand the business and the money decision behind it and, and why they did it. But I, I think a letter uh, signed by the commissioners to Breeze Line requesting that they reconsider their position of... Um, I'm good with that. Jack, you good with that? Only I'm good. You're good with the Patrick? I mean, what I'd like to know yeah, is the background behind before I send, send a letter. Let's find out why they did it. Is it because they didn't negotiate the contract with them? Because, again, I get WBOC and on, my, on an antenna. You know what I mean? So I don't even require, and it, and it streams, and it just seems to me like a lot of stuff's going to streaming. I don't know if people have looked at other alternatives, and maybe their subscribership is down that far, and that's why. I'd just like to have some... Background. I'm good with the letter as soon as we know the background is that, no, they just pulled the plug and had no real good reason for it. You know what the I mean? Letter the, letter will give, the letter will answer the question. I can certainly um, reach out to Breeze Line. I'm familiar with their um, executive director because, you know, we, we certainly... But if they did it just to do questions. it, then yeah. yes, I'm all in favor of we'll, writing We'll get, we'll get the background for you and, and, uh, and certainly... Yeah, let, 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 let's do something. Yeah, I mean, no, let's I do agree. something. I agree 100%. Um, it, it, so if you'll reach out to your contacts at Breeze Line and then get back to us as soon as possible. And then Tell them we're very disappointed. Yeah. I've, I've received a number of um, sure. concerns yeah, no, myself about well, that. Well, because it's yeah. so sudden. That's the thing. They never yeah. give you notice that stuff like that's happening. You just could have turned on your news one day and it's not there. I get it. It's yeah. ridiculous. You can ask yeah, them why so my bills are 30%. 30%. <laughs> 
They're definitely not going to answer that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they will. They'll dance around that one all night. Yeah. That's right. I'm all done. Okay. Um, let's see. Where do we want to start? I uh, hope everybody stays safe out there that's watching us. Uh, wind's blowing. Bay Bridge is closed. So. Um, and if you didn't get the email or text, uh, right now our Queen Anne's County Schools are studying 90-minute delay. So, the, so this gets some people their wish that people can't come to the Eastern Shore now. So yeah, that's true. Bridge is closed. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be taking some time off, so I won't be here at the next meeting. Mr. Philippe Duminel will be with the GAVA. And, uh, I'll try not to make you look too bad. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And uh, with that, I take a, make a motion to adjourn. I'll make a motion to adjourn. Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you. Patrick, have a good evening, brother. See you, Patrick.